Grey's Anatomy, the most iconic binge-worthy drama, is back, along with answers to the biggest cliffhangers. Will Teddy survive? Will Joe and Link finally find happiness together? Meredith returns along with fan faves like Arizona. You can now stream every episode of Grey's ever on Hulu and new episodes next day. Watch the season premiere of Grey's Anatomy tonight at 9, 8 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. You better clutch your nuts, honey, because it's time for Squirrel Talk. Yellow Squirrels, welcome to another podcast of Squirrel Talk found on the Sonar Network. That's the sonarnetwork.com, bitch. Check it out. There's a lot of great podcasts, and we happen to be one of them. And I am so enthused for my guest today because she also has a podcast. And you know what? It's podcasters supporting podcasters in my book. That's what I'm about. So I'm, I'm super enthused to have her. She's coming all the way from Vancouver. Please welcome Jerry Lynn Spears. Hello, Victoria Lickums, me bum. How are you? Ooh, she does Lickums, your bum. How did you know my maiden name? Oh, I've done my research, girl. I dive deep. I, I have the Crisco ready. We're always read, looking for the, the secrets. Oh, my gosh. Do you have the tattoo on your arm? Where th- This deep. I want to go this deep. Oh, no, but I do have a tattoo on my ass that says 25 cents a ride. Wow. Yeah. We could be sisters. <laughs> we are sisters. <laughs> we're both tall. We're funny. We're essentially twins. Are we you have the tall? Same... I'll tell you. Well, well, I mean, actually, in, in my branding, I'm only five foot eight. Like when I talk to people in person on my Instagram, you'll see that I'm Vancouver's five foot eight bimbo, but I'm actually six foot five. Are you? Are, shut up. Are you six foot five? Yeah, I'm a giant. So in oh drag, like, from from the floor to the top of the wig, I'm I'm usually seven feet tall because I I wear synthetics, so obviously I, I do the puffy hair. Um, but I, I like to gaslight my audience members and my fans by whenever they're like, oh my God, you're so tall. I'm like, what are you talking about? I'm only five foot eight. I'm actually shorter than you. Oh my God. I love that. I had no idea you were a giantess as well. You might be, you might be the first queen that's taller than me on the podcast. This is incredible. Oh my God. How tall are you? I thought you were the same height as me. I'm six, four. I'm, I'm like a dwarf compared to you. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck you. First of all. Uh, but yeah, you are you are my little munchkin today here on this squirrel talk because we're going to chew some nuts and have a good time. I'm totally okay with playing sub for you, girl. That's totally fine for me. You be my dom daddy. <laughs> dom daddy for me today. I'm usually the dom daddy, but not today. Nope. Anything for you, baby doll. I love it. I have no <laughs> idea. You know what? That's the funniest thing. I was just thinking about this today in the dog park because I have a great Dane, also big. Um, oh, of course. I like big things, don't you know? But I was just thinking in the dog park today, like people treat big people and animals so differently <laughs> than they do smaller things and people, you know what I'm saying? And that's so true. And especially like I've, I've lived outside of Canada as well. And it's it's weird in Canada because there's not many tall people here for some reason, especially in Vancouver. So like when I'm out and about, I am clearly the tallest person in the room almost always. Right. So I am literally looked at like a, a, a pariah. They're like, oh my God, you, why is this ladder walking around the streets? Like get rid of it. Right, and the same questions all the time, I'm sure. Yeah, like, how's the weather up there? Did you vote this spring? All of these questions. Did, you vote? <laughs> <laughs> Did you vote this spring? Yep, that's what I get too. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. Do you feel like? Um, do you feel like it's a it's a small person's world? Just to, I don't know. I feel it feels weird to be a big person in this world. 
Because <laughs> I think everybody looks at tall people and big people as like, you, good for you. You must have everything handed to you. But it seems like it's kind of the opposite because nothing's really made for us. No, that's especially as a drag performer, because I mean, I have size 12 men's feet, which is like a woman's 15. I have to get almost all of my shoes custom because nothing actually fits me properly. And like, because I've been wearing like improper shoes for so long in drag, my feet are like so gnarly. Um, And I like I have the worst ingrown toenails ever because of it. So nothing is made for us. It's it's the worst. I I would I would love to split the height with like someone who's actually 5'8 and just like even out in the middle. Like I think a six foot six one would be perfect. Yeah, that's a perfect. Those people. Yeah. Those, now those people are living life. Oh, right. The ideal yeah. height six one. Yeah. Anybody over six three, it's like, ugh, your life. Uh, why? Why? Why do you even bother exiting your house? <laughs> jail. Just send us to jail. <laughs> Honestly. Uh, well, this is so exciting that I now that I know that you're a tall person too, my heart. Uh, it bleeds. So <laughs> you are a podcaster. I mentioned that. Tell me about this podcast that you have, Jerry Lynn. Yeah. So I've had been doing our podcast for a year now. So literally two days ago from the time of this recording um, was our one year anniversary of Cut the Crease, which is my okay. podcast here in Vancouver. Congratulations. Did you start this during the pandemic? We did. Yeah. So I for y'all in Ontario, your restrictions were so much more lax than us. So we were locked down for the longest here. We could do oh, nothing. Girl, we were not more. We were the most not lax. Really? Because you were you were able to go back to drag and everything else much sooner than we were. I don't think that's true. Well, I mean, maybe it was just my fever dream and my Stockholm syndrome from being <laughs> locked in my apartment for a year that I created this, but it felt like it. I guess I, well, I mean, maybe it's Calgary because I know Calgary like was locked down for like three days. They're like, ah, oh, fuck it, everyone can die. It's not a big deal. Yeah, Calgary went and, back real soon. They went back. Real oh soon. yeah, Calgary didn't matter. Yeah. Um, and so we started during the during the pandemic because we just wanted to do something that was like drag, but we didn't actually have to get into drag, and it felt like every time we recorded, we were in drag because sure. it's just me and my co-host Xanax. And we're both really catty and very shady. Um, so just like us yelling at each other for an hour and playing games and shit, like really kind of helps per- make the year go by much faster, I will say. And it's been it's been a wild ride for sure. And I love that, especially during the pandemic, it's like you really had to experience, ex- experience and experiment uh, with different kind of mediums as a drag artist. And oh, I love absolutely. That so many drag artists were doing that. And a lot of them have kind of dropped it and gone back to, you know, just performing in clubs and bars and stuff. But mm-hmm. there are a lot of people that are continuing to do things like podcasts and YouTube series and, uh, you know, TikToking and all those things. So I love that you were able to find that because you have to be ingenu- ingenuity has to flow. Oh, absolutely. You've got to have perseverance. You've got to have the right size tits to do it. Without it, you can't do anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you have to have hard nipples to have a podcast. It's, my nipples are ice, are hard as diamonds right now. I'm literally carving some glass. I don't know if you can hear it. Oh, I can. I, I The last podcast, we were talking about nipple play, so you know I'm into nipple play. Oh, yeah. I was listening to it actually this morning as I was I was, I was was getting ready. I mean, by getting ready, I mean pooping. Um, and oh, we, love, so we love nipple play. <laughs> you haven't pooped in days, have you? No, I have, I have not. I'm so jealous. When everybody says I've been pooping, I'm like, oh, God, I remember the day. Because <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're a muscle queen, so all those protein shakes probably just keep you right backed up, don't they? <laughs> well, I've been, I was pretty sick all of November. Like, I had some kind of, I'm on antibiotics now. I'm feeling much better. I had a poop this morning. Just everybody just put it on the made the record show the poop Congratulations. but it's it's kind of off and on right now and the the, the stuff is supposed to like may cause diarrhea I'm like God I hope it does. <laughs> well, I mean, 
I have IBS, so if I can send that your way, I will I will FedEx it overnight for you, Ziva. Don't worry. Oh, you tall ass hard nippled IBS bitch. Yeah, and I'm a bottom. It really doesn't make any sense for me to live. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, you poor thing. I feel for yeah. you. I'm definitely Anyways, defective. I love that you have this podcast with Xanax, who is also from Vancouver, correct? Yes, she is. Uh, what's your podcast kind of about? Because you don't do a review podcast. We do not do a review podcast because we – so we started just as obviously shady little cunts just wanting to yell at each other. So we kind of just – we talk about many different things throughout the the course of our tenure of having a podcast. We play a lot of games as well. So we're most known for our version of Mortal Kombat that we play. Shut um, up. What is this? Okay, so we actually did. Um, we're very fortunate. We have a good. We have some diehard fans here in Vancouver. We did a live uh, podcast recording a few weeks ago, and we played Mortal Kombat live. So how we play Mortal Kombat is not how you would think at all. It's nothing like that. So we will plan it out through the week before we record. We come up with celebrities or random characters' names, weapons, and locations, and we pull them randomly out of bowls and we just fight about it. So, for instance, the first one we did. I threw in my my champion fighter was Tiffany Trump on Coke, <laughs> and uh. she, and she and she battled Annalise Keating and a full legal team in uh, in a coliseum, I think. Oh my god, I love it! Yeah, love it. and it's it's just it's complete buffoonery, and we we do one a month um, on a regular because it's it, it takes so long to prepare for. Um, but now explain this to me. So do you, do you just like talk it out? You talk out the fight. Absolutely. So we're, we're, we're sitting at the same table and it really depends on, so as we've gone on each, each time it's evolved into more detail to make it the battle easier and whatnot. Cause we've had a few battles where we cannot decide. I think one of them was Wonder Woman fighting Matilda on the, on Pluto. Um, for whatever reason, we couldn't decide who would actually win that battle, even though I knew Wonder Woman would just demolish Matilda, but because she it's had Matilda, she can't take a Matilda. She, she could easily take out Matilda because, Matilda, well, first, the, the whole premise was we, I get a lot of detail. So this was Matilda at the end of the movie. So her telekinesis wasn't as strong. She wasn't angry because oh. she, was, she was living with Miss Honey. So her motivation for violence was gone. Sure. You know? And then yeah, Wonder Woman is – and Wonder Woman's an a, a Amazonian warrior. It would just take one little punch and that little child would be disintegrated. Right. I guess so. so. But I, I don't think – you know, Matilda could get angry again. I don't think that's a problem for her. Listen. Well, I mean, she's like nine. I mean, nine-year-olds are the worst. I hate kids. So, like, seeing a kid ch- die in the podcast would have been amazing for me. But it was a stalemate. <laughs> we had to flip a coin for that one, and I think I lost. All right. Well, that's that's intense. I love that. That's really intense. Yeah. All right. I'm here for the violence. Yeah, right? I love violence. It's amazing. Yeah. Made up, like, fantasy violence. Perfect. You need, oh, to yeah. have, like, you need to do a whole Housewife Off series. Oh, that's a really good idea. I mean, Xanax Mortal, Mortal, Com- Mortal Kombat with Housewives. Honestly, I want to pitch this to a gaming network. <laughs> I will if play you're this, game. To this Hey, Bell Media producers who are producing the show <laughs> we're about to review, if you need some two very tall queens to do something, we're available. <laughs> yeah, I, I will play Vicky Gunvalson, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I would be Erica Jane. I oh love God. Erica Jane. With, with like their catchphrases, like, I've never had a threesome! <laughs> the strongest surface or the strongest substance isn't diamonds. It's my titties. <laughs> I love it. That's a series. Oh my God. Somebody's yeah. got to get on this. We, we should do Andy, it. I'm calling Andy Cohen. And I got him in my phone. I'm messaging him, him right now. I'm letting him know. I'm letting him know. Put your dick down, Andy. I got a plan. Oh, I, I love that. Well, this podcast sounds super fun. Everybody go check them out. 
Yes, we love Cut the Crease. You can stream it on Apple and Spotify. I mean, I we could do everything else, but honestly, it's just easier to do the two. No one else uses like Google Podcasts at all. Yeah. But you I, can listen to Squirrel Talk on Google Podcasts and Amazon Podcasts as well, I'm sure, right? I don't know. I don't know how this works. <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't do all of it because I do all of the, the back end stuff. I used to. Well, I do. But like now Sonar Network kind of takes it over for me, which is great. Oh, I love um, that. Yeah, so I love that too. That's why I like I love my Sonar network. Thank you. Uh, we love Sonar. <laughs> See, I, we say too many hateful shit. I cannot let someone else edit our podcast for us. I have to do it. Well, I edit the podcast, but I don't deal with like where it's like uploading and all. I don't know. Oh, okay, amazing. Oh, still, okay, don't That's trust do. me. I, I still edit this shit. To, you know, <laughs> I've said a lot of hateful things that I got to cut out here and there about Hillary. Yes, of course, but it's you know you got to make <laughs> <laughs> and the stuff that I do keep in. I mean, just imagine what I leave out. <laughs> it is what it is, right? <laughs> so let's talk about Jerry Lynn some more. How did you come up with the name Jerry Lynn Spears? And th- where does where does she come from? Um, where does she come from? Where does she go? Come on, Cotton Eye Joe. Yeah. Um, so Jerry Lynn is actually my mother's name. So my my real mom, the one that I left her vagina, her name is Jerry Lynn. And oh. I, I'm, I'm actually a third generation Jerry Lynn. So my grandfather is also Jerry Lynn. Um, and here's oh. some hot tea for the Squirrel Talk listeners. I my grandfather has recently been is going through dementia, and with his dementia, his protection is hiding is kind of going gone away. Turns out he's gay. Oh, he's been he's he's very Republican. Lives in the states, like American. Was in the army and all that jazz, and um, apparently he's been gay the whole time. Okay, so now he's just speaking freely because he's not really thinking too much about it. He's not speaking freely. He's bringing boys home to his, oh. and his his wife has walked in on him a few times. Okay, it's it's the hottest goss in my family, and it's the best. I'm obsessed with it. Get your life, Grandpa. Honestly, honestly, go for it. yeah, yeah. No, I live. Well, the apple hasn't fallen far from the tree, and so your grandpa, <laughs> not, your, grandpa your grandpa, and your mom are both named Jerry Lynn. Yeah, so I mean, it's super southern, super American. Um, oh. So it's it's spelled differently. Like mine is spelled the same way as my actual mom's, but my grandfather's is with a G, not a J. Oh, gotcha. Um, and yeah, but Jerry Lynn, I've been doing drag for like what feels like three hundred thousand years now, um, and I am Vancouver's premier five foot eight drag bimbo. Um, I mean, I I said I'm six five, but that's a lie. As if you ever see me, I'm only five foot eight. Don't tell me anything otherwise, or I'll punch you in the face. Okay. I'm a I'm a petite, delicate woman. I'm the shortest queen in Vancouver. To be to be fair, as well, no one is no one is shorter than me. I love it. You yeah. are also a truth a truth seeker. <laughs> truth seeker, truth teller. <laughs> I all of the truths. I really should be a judge on the imperial court because I am only here for the truth. <laughs> That's what I hear they do. Uh, yeah. How long have you been doing drag for then? Um, I started when I was about 19, and I'm going to be 26 soon, so about about six years. Okay, look at you. That's great. Yeah. I love that. We and love cross-dressing young. Yeah, they, well, they're starting them even younger on Canada's Drag Race now. They uh, get the kids in the – get the kids their training bras. So <laughs> you started six years ago. How did you come up with this character – because, I, I mean, I don't imagine – maybe your mom is this character with the giant lips and the giant titties. I don't know. <laughs> you tell me. Um, I So I pull inspiration from a lot of different things. I'm really inspired by cartoons. Um, and so I see Jerry as like an anime blow-up doll. Um, obviously with the huge tits, 
big fat DSLs, um, fat ass. And I, I mean, Bugs Bunny was my first inspiration in drag. I have Bugs Bunny tattooed on my body as well. Oh, that's cute. Love that. From like the 1960s, like, you know, the opera where she was just fucking with Elmer Fudd. I have that version tattooed on my arm. Um, and so I've been obsessed with cross-dressing ever since Bugs Bunny. Gotcha. And so, which makes a lot of sense for who I am now and my comedy style as well. It's very kind of stupid and and cartoonish as well how i portray myself and i pull inspiration from my mom who's one of the strongest women i know as well i imagine you get hit with a lot of prop hammers and shit oh tons i i can i can pull so much shit out of my boobs you wouldn't believe the other day i pulled out a watermelon and a whole cutting table i love a prop comic (laughs) oh come get get your life carrot top i'm here for this oh we love carrot top yeah he's so hot i would let him do things to me that are, are unspeakable yeah, the face though. The face still needs a little something. But, but the body, he really grilled it uh, up. Oh, I know. But you know what's fun about sex? Sometimes being a little bit afraid. And that face is a little bit scary. <laughs> yeah, it's true. I like to be afraid. <laughs> Scared and afraid. Naked and afraid, right? Yeah, naked and afraid. He would he would scare me for sure. That is that is a turn on. You're totally right. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. Nice body, terrible face. We're all we're we're here for it. Especially with the hair. Oh, get your hands caught in the knots. I would love it. His I'm little gonna, curly fro. I love I'm, his little ginger hair. I'm going to Google Carrot Top nude after this to see what comes up. Because I need to know. Oh, my God. Is there, I wonder if you, do, you have, do you think he has an OnlyFans? I, I, who doesn't? I wonder. I mean, Carrot Top. I mean, it's, I wouldn't, it's not below him. Yeah. Well, I mean, he is very hot now. But he, he is, he's very scary looking, actually, his face. I'm looking at a photo of him right now. He's actually quite terrifying. That's what I said. It's scary, but, like, he's real scary. <laughs> like, I'm, I thought he was dead, actually. I'm surprised he's still alive. <laughs> this just did. Yeah. Oh, wow. Good for him. Caratop is <laughs> alive, hot, and uh, scary face still. Yeah. Good for him. And you know who's not only scary faced? You are too, girl. You are very scary. <laughs> I, I love for your makeup. You got a big old. Uh, I love that it's inspired by cartoons and stuff. That's fun too. That's kind of your inspiration. Yeah, thank you. I mean, I because drag is so funny and so irreverent, just like in its essence as well. I mean, some people take it very seriously and they do as beautiful, modelish drag as they can. And I'm not like that. I mean, I'm not very coordinated, so of course I have to aim towards cartoons because it makes more sense for what I'm physically able to do. Like. A half-ass somersault? I got it, right? We live for a half-ass somersault. And you do a lot of, you're doing a lot of comedy, which is what mm-hmm. I love. And kind of what I've been saying about Canada's Drag Race season two is like, I need fucking comedy queens. So that's why on this podcast, I'm just bringing on a lot of comedy queens right now for the sake of, yeah. just, fuck you. Um, and you're doing a lot of stand-up and stuff too, right? Yes, I do. I haven't done much since the pandemic has reopened. Um, but before the pandemic, I used to host a comedy show, a drag comedy show at Yuck Yucks here in Vancouver. Oh, I love it. Um, and I've worked with 604 Records here in Vancouver, their comedy division as well. I have I have been around. I have done some sets. I have done some standing. And I've been up for some of it. Yeah. I love that. Good for you, Gal, because that is not easy stuff to do. I've done stand-up as well uh, years ago. Yeah. It's yeah. Uh, it's not a simple thing to do, and to put that into drag, that's why not you don't see a lot of drag stand-up. <laughs> yeah, it's why. difficult. But I find, I mean, I couldn't do stand-up out of drag. Um, I don't know how people. I don't know how regular people do it. Honestly, I find it so much easier in drag because you oh. already. I mean, for me, I already look kind of funny, so. I already have 25% of the laughs coming from the, from my appearance. Right. So if I'm just doing a silly joke that really isn't that funny, but if I look funny, I feel like it makes it better. 
So I don't know how people who don't look funny are being funny. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Well, I look gorgeous, so I'm still funny. <laughs> so I can explain this to you. I can't believe you've never done stand-up out of drag? Not once, no. Oh, I so I started my stand-up outside of drag and then but always with the intention to go into drag at some point. And mm-hmm. I really noticed a big difference of I actually found it the opposite for myself. Uh, where being out of drag is way easier. First of all, you don't have to spend the hours to get ready for a stand-up set. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> where everybody shows up in jeans and a t-shirt, you show up <laughs> in a fucking Bob Massey gown for, you know, five minutes. Um, so, I, and then I also, but I started a long time, like over 10 years ago, I was doing stand-up. So people weren't even that familiar with drag. So I really had to explain what I was to people. Oh, oh! So, I guess yeah. That would have been from 300 years ago, from the 1940s. That would have been really difficult. Yes, girl. I'm talking about turn of the century here. <laughs> so I really had to break down like what I was, and that was part of my act of like explaining who I, like what was before them, so that because also like we are giant people, so I was this giant cross-dressing human in front of them. I had to explain what was going on because they'd never seen that before. So, but now obviously with drag race and stuff like that, everybody kind of understands drag. So, and and I'm noticing with a lot of queer comics, they don't even have to explain that they're gay anymore, um, yeah, which is which, which is, is also a revolutionary thing in stand up. Which and it, it's also a really easy way to start a set. Be like, well, for us because obviously we're 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 gorgeous, tall, beautiful women. Yeah. Um, just like starting to be like, oh, I don't know if you've noticed, but I'm gay. You always get immediate laughs because sure. people think being gay is hilarious. Still, like, why would you be gay? It's the worst. I don't choose this. <laughs> it was forced into this. Yeah. True. 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 Yeah. It's it's changed though. It's changed, so it's much easier to do. Um, I wouldn't say easier, but it's just a different dynamic of going on stage, which is great because I want to see more queer comics, more drag comics. Power to y'all. Get up there, experiment, and have fun with it. Yeah. I mean, stand-up is really hard, but it it is also so much fun um, because one of the reasons I do drag is the the cheers of an audience. And I don't think there's – there's almost nothing that is better except for a loud, roaring laughter from an audience just doing comedy. Oh my God, the best feeling like in the world. Best it's feeling. one of the greatest things in the world, just hearing an entire captive audience laugh at you or like scream at you as well. Like it's it's the best. Uh, it's amazing. If you haven't experienced, if there are drag artists listening to this and they are lip syncers and you have not experienced that, get out there and try it. It's, it's a rush. It's dopamine. It's the drug. Oh. Yes, it's like, it's like getting a new candle from Bath and Body Works on sale. It never feels better. Oh my God. And you stick it up your butt lit. Oh, oh, like, and then let it. You, you ever watch that one video, uh, one guy, one cup, or whatever it was, where it just broke inside his asshole too? Oh god! Very much that, but scented. I feel like that's why I can't poop. <laughs> Still some glass up there holding everything in there. Yeah. Listen, there's been a lot going on up there. I'm like, what, 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 which was it? I have to make like make a list of what I've been putting up there. <laughs> what, I mean, your shopping list. TSA must hate you. you... <laughs> No, uh, they love me because they get to, you know, go go in. <laughs> they get to really feel what's in there. It's a good training for the newbies, <laughs> for sure. True, it's true, like true. playing Operation, but just in one orifices. Orifice, <laughs> orifice, orifices? Uh, Osiris? Um, what? George Orifice, yes. Thank you. Thank you yes. so much. George that right. Orifice. Well, I love this. I love talking with you, Jerry Lynn. You're so fun to talk with. And Should we get into this week's episode of Canada's Drag Race? Let's absolutely, let's get into it. Let's start reading the bitches, because this was an episode for sure. Oh, this whole season's been an episode. And honestly, uh, be be truthful, speak your truth, Jerry Lynn. If you love it, you love it. If you hate it, you hate it. 
because Mama has been very clear on this podcast that she is over this season. <laughs> I know. I, I I do listen to your podcast on the regular basis as well. So I, I work from home. So I just I absorb tons of media. So podcast is one of them, and I have heard all of your opinions, and okay. I am, <laughs> and I'm on I'm on almost the same page for all of them. So oh, almost the same page. I'm going to know what, what page we're not on. We'll get into it. I'm sure. Okay, <laughs> You know I love a disagreement. That's why Eva yeah. got me blocked. <laughs> I'm surprised Eva hasn't gotten me blocked, but I mean, I haven't been. I met Eve once, like before Drag Race season one. I was in Toronto to do. Um, I was there for IMATS, if you know the, the big makeup thing. Oh yeah. And um, I met Eve as Boa was working at the Loaded Pierogi on Church Street, and they were being so fucking hateful. <laughs> like I walked in, ordered pierogies, and I I don't know how we got into drag talk, but we found out they were drag queens, and then they immediately started shit talking every single person they knew from Vancouver. <laughs> and I was sitting there like, oh, like amazing, and I'm like, I also do drag. <laughs> that's such a that's such a double. That's very much them and the Loaded yeah. Pierogi. Yep. <laughs> yeah, which we don't have Loaded Pierogi here on the west coast and it's literally the worst thing ever because loaded pierogi is fucking amazing yeah we love a loaded pierogi uh i love being a loaded pierogi oh my god oh my god what's your background are you ukrainian no um i'm german mostly so i and like american but i oh, right. i'm sure i'm sure if you go but i'm 50 shades of white at the end of the day that's all that matters yeah you like your sauerkraut you like your bratwurst absolutely i love my wush so much your what my wushed your wushed what's a wushed Oh, wait, the worst. Um, that was with the oh accent. Uh, so, <laughs> so I don't. So there's so many words I have in my vocabulary that are German that I don't actually know what they are in English. So I think "wurst" is like sausage. It's like, like meat. Yeah, you wurst. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, yeah, I, you know. I'm learning. I'm evolving my language here on the podcast. My wurst. Yeah. I love it. I have a I have a German passport. I I have to use German every once in a while to keep it right. Wow, she's real German. Yeah. <laughs> okay then. Well. Well, let's not go too far into that. <laughs> yeah, no, we're going to stop there. <laughs> that explains the height, though. I guess that explains the height. It really does. Yeah, no, because I'm I'm the tallest one in my family by far, but I am, I'm, yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Just some tall German girls. Ooh, danke. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's get into this episode. So, let's do it. we lost Kamora Amora last episode. I don't, I want to hear your opinions on last week's train crash of an episode um okay yeah go for so it. i mean obviously it was the roast episode and i was very happy for kendall to win because uh, i'm I, I do like kendall i've been friends with kendall for years and i personally don't find kendall very funny um comedically funny like in conversation she's funny so i was really impressed with what she was able to do sure yeah um but i was overall exceptionally disappointed by the roast episode um, because it was just bad. Like there was none of them are comedic, none of them do comedy. So it was just kind of like mediocre drag host comedy level, you know, like where you're hosting a show, you've got five minutes between numbers and it's just like, you're throwing out the average jokes and like the mediocre laughs. That was very much the impression. That's I got. very true. It's almost like when, cause you're kind of expected to host shows, especially if you're on a level of Canada's drag race. And yeah. if you can't even like do the bare minimum of kind of hosting a show, it concerns me. Yeah, I mean, some people will get will get booked to tour, but and there'll be one host. But if people are there to see you, they want to hear you talk. So if you're there, sorry, I'm like drinking coffee and I'm like literally getting the burps. Please forgive me. Oh no, please! I'm gonna burp right now too. Wait, uh, uh, hold on. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm afraid. Uh, the I'm afraid the poop's gonna come out the other end. Oh, oh! At least you'd be pooping though. You know what? That's how I think about it. Even if um, I poop on myself, at least I'm pooping. 
Oh, I, I thought I almost pooped myself today. Um, I ordered some because I, I did a show last night and I'm a little, I was like a little bit tired this morning. So I ordered Uber Eats sushi for like to have lunch. And as soon as I finished, I was like, oh, I really have to poop. And it's sliding out faster than a, a water slide at College Lake Water Slides, which is a water park here. If you wouldn't know what that is. Uh, and I, I know thought, water parks. I'm from BC. I know water parks. Oh, yeah. You're from northern BC. I forgot about that. <laughs> where, up, where, where up in northern BC were you from? Smithers. Smithers. Oh, I'm so sorry. We love we love our water parks, though. Yeah, that's true. Cultus Lake is prime, and you have you. When was the last time you were back in BC? Because they've added so many new water slides to Cultus Lake Water Slides. It's amazing. Ooh. No, I haven't been there in so long. I have to go back just for the water slides. Oh yeah, no, it, girl, come. We'll go together. It's the best, honestly. Oh, oh, can we fit? We're too big. Well, no, we have to go on the same ones together because we're so big. We're gonna we're gonna really test the weight. So if, if we break anything, we can sue. <laughs> Just a side note, something because we're getting way off track. I was I went on this water this water slide in a pool like a couple of years ago, and yeah. I almost flew out of the water slide because my, I'm so top heavy that like <laughs> I almost <laughs> flew halfway out of the like literally the lifeguard was like, oh my god, <laughs> oh my god, that would have been a, so. Now we have to do it together because we'll, we'll, we can we can we can sue and own that park, bitch. <laughs> it'll, it'll be ours. <laughs> I'm a businesswoman first before anything else. <laughs> yes. Sue their ass for my top heavy body. How dare yeah, they? Let's do it. Um, back in, I, back into this. So our poop is flowing. Um, totally. And, but you love Kendall and uh, comedy sucks. Yes. The comedy sucked for this episode. It was bad. Um, the people who I expected to do bad, it was, I, they did awful, much worse than I expected. Like Gia really should have, they should have cut her down to three seconds. As soon as she said, hi, they should have just closed the mic. <laughs> Um, because I like Gia is obviously from Vancouver and, um, I don't know why she chose to go on and be as unlikable as possible, but she's reached her goal. Um, she's now, do we think she, I think she's doing pretty well in terms of people. I think people do kind of like her more than I was thinking they would. Which is okay. I've heard the complete opposite because I've worked at viewing parties here that we have in Vancouver. I know you guys aren't really doing viewing parties out in Toronto because you only had Eve, so no one's really watching it in Toronto. (laughs) Um, So we do often with these viewing parties all the time here in Vancouver. And I will go and I'll talk to the audience to like get the vibe. Like, what do you think of the season so far? Who are you liking? Who are you hating? And a lot of people are really just graded by Gia's presence. And Gia, like in person, is not like what she's on TV. Um, no, like she's no. She's it's just it's too. It's she's manufactured. Very it's produced. TV. Very, yeah. very produced. Yeah. And she chose the wrong <laughs> manufactured persona to to do because it's. I don't think it's paying off for her. Um, because she went in very like, oh, I'm so gorgeous, I'm so pretty, and it's like, well, yeah, okay, great, but what about what else? Like, give us more than that. Like, there's well, more sure. to you than this. Yeah, she can also be like, hi. <sighs> Oh my god! <laughs> Turn off my hearing aids for this. Gosh, don't have hearing aids, but I'll go get them for the next time. Ah, uh, you're old uh, enough for hearing aids. So right? we, we hate you. We hate you. <laughs> but um, overall, the episode is fine. The lip sync was really interesting, though, with Kamora and Gia. So obviously, you could tell from watching the little bit of untalk that we got. Kamora obviously was ready to go. She had yeah. her time was done. Um, and with what we know about uh, reality TV, everything is heavily produced. So she probably finally caught on that they weren't producing anything for her to have any sort of success. Right. Which was, I, which, it was so clear when she was speaking to the girls. Um, yeah. This is what I, was happening. I brought that up in last week's episode because I really felt that. And I know Kamora and I like, and I know Anastasia and they're both very close friends. And I know kind of Anastasia's experience on the show. And mm-hmm. I'm, I'm imagining Kamora's experience has kind of been similar in terms of like, okay, I, I know that. 
I'm not being pitched as the winner in this because she's smart. She's she, and you can also sense and feel those things, you know. Totally. Um, and then she just had a big misstep, and she was really wanting to do well in that. It didn't work out. Um, yeah. I don't think I don't think it was like she was a poor sport and she was quitting. I don't believe that was the truth of it. I think she just was like, okay, I think I've had my experience here, and I'm I'm happy for it, and I'm ready to go. Yeah, I she she caught on to the game. She figured out yeah. how the cookie was crumbling and she was just like, okay, I've accepted the results of this. And if she wasn't, if she had fought um, and didn't just like weirdly follow Gia and be her shadow during the lip sync, she might have still beaten Gia and continued on, but not to any more success, I don't think. Because I feel like she would have gone home the next week anyways, and I feel like she would have known that. Right. And I, I truly believe that she did that intentionally in a way that she was just wanting to go home. Um, I, yeah, I agree. For no other reason other than she just wanted a reason for them to send her home. Mm-hmm. And that was kind of it, you know? So I, I feel, I'm really feeling feeling for Kamora because I really do love her. And I thought she was a standout on this series. Yeah. I thought she was one of the best casting choices they made. Absolutely. Um, she's one of the biggest personalities. And she just represented so many different things. Oh, so I just, I was so upset that this was how they were having her leave the show. And the fandom of how they kind of attacked her afterwards. I, the Drag Race fandom is so gross. Um, we're, like, it doesn't matter who you are, especially if you're a POC. The Drag Race fandom is never mm-hmm. going to be on your side, which is just it's so backwards to me because queer culture is is has been driven by POC people, especially POC trans women. Not that Kimura is trans, mm-hmm. but like, yes, yes, we, yes. As an audience member, as a queer person watching Drag Race, you need to have this in the back of your mind. So I, I am un- incapable of wrapping my head around why. Um, people get so angry at the POC people who are on the shows and are leaving shows because it, it makes it makes no sense because Kimura is so talented and so amazing and she doesn't deserve any of this except for the utmost success. That's it. Exa- that's yeah. exactly it. And, you know, yeah. maybe it's because Gia was this white girl. Who knows? I have no idea. Maybe. Who fucking knows? But just people need to just back up and give give her the love that she deserves because she's absolutely worthy of it. And she's I'm obsessed, and I really actually hope that she comes out with like a stand up special because she is actually quite funny. Yeah, like listening to her talking heads in the show and just how she interacted, obviously up until the comedy episode. I thought she was hilarious. I thought she yeah. was so funny, and I think I mean there was a lot of swearing for the roast as well, which I also find. The less you can swear in comedy, especially in a stand-up set, the funnier it can be because sometimes people just go to swearing because they think it's like it's like a crutch for a lot of people who don't do comedy. Yeah, the more uh, creative you can be, the more, uh, you know, absolutely. Uh, the other words you can use instead of are better. Yeah, comedy is all about synonyms. Yeah, synonyms. That's the word I wanted, synonyms. Yeah. <laughs> like use, using different words to describe the same thing. Like you, you can call someone ugly in 14 different ways, but if you call them ugly, it's not as funny if you call them atrocious, you know? Exactly. That's it. Yeah. So that was last week's episode. Kamora, we bid her adieu. I love her. Please send her your love if you're listening mm-hmm. to this podcast. And uh, I, I truly, I'm truly excited. Out of this entire cast, she is one of the people that I'm most excited to see what's coming next from. So I think that's a win for her. Yeah, I, I'm really excited to see where she goes. I know she's obviously a, a huge pageant performer, and I'm excited to see her. Because Anastasia you just won Miss Gay US of A um, as a Canadian. So what's, that's where Kimura's going next. Because I, I, as Canadians, I think we should be winning all the US titles because we're obviously better. It's true. It's true, yeah. especially with pageantry stuff. There's some Absolutely. great pageantry here. Yeah. So we, uh, we, we say goodbye to Kimura, and we get into the next day. And um, 
I wrote a note here that says grandmotherly energy. Who's, did somebody say something about somebody being a grandmother or? Grand, maybe was it Brooklyn? Was her filler falling? <laughs> somebody said something. Oh, somebody said something about somebody being old. Who was that? Well, I mean, Kendall's the oldest person I know. She's in like her late 30s. So maybe it was Kendall? Kendall? She's not in her late 30s. No, she's not. <laughs> I think somebody said something to Isis or some. Or no, maybe there was. No, they said something. Oh, this is what they said. There's something about Kimora having grandmotherly energy. Oh, uh, well, that's hateful. Which I was like, she's the same age as she's 35. I was like, you've. And there's an. There is. Let me just say this right off the top. There is an ageism in drag. Oh, absolutely. And it's playing out real hard on these drug race franchises because there are some amazing drag artists that are much older that can do run laps around a lot of these girls. and But they're not being featured because they're not young fashion girls. No, and they're not up with the trends. But a lot of the older people who have been performing longer before drag race have been doing older drag. And it's still evolved, but they're not doing – they're not skinny white twinks. And that's all RuPaul cares about is skinny white twinks. I'm getting so tired of these skinny white twinks. I can't. No more. Uh, I'm over it. I'm so I done want, with them. You keep them in the porn. That's fine. Make porn. No, I'm, I've had enough with them in drag. <laughs> yeah, like let them work at H and M. They don't need to do drag. It's fine. <laughs> Fold my scarves. <laughs> so I didn't like that they said grandmotherly energy. How dare they for her? But you know what? She had good energy. Good was wise energy. She's lived many lives. She has. She's she's an icon. They were they were blessed to be in her presence for this. I will they were say. goddamn blessed. Yeah. All right, moving on from this. We have to keep it awake. So we are getting into the next day. And we are getting some live messages from family. Did you see, did you expect this to happen? I did not because, I mean, we don't get the untapped from this season. And that's usually where these things would happen. So for it to be like the mini challenge replacement to have messages from family was like really kind of wild to me. I mean, I cried during it. Did you? I was very emotional. Oh, God, no. <laughs> I save my tears for certain things, not for this. Well, I mean, I've been in therapy for the last year and a half, so I'm very much more in, in, in tune with my emotions than I was before. Well, my testosterone um, levels are also very high, so my... Well, I mean, you're, you're all shoulders. <laughs> the tears are in the boobs, and your shoulders are there. <laughs> I'll cry when my shoulders cry. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, it was funny, because Kendall was saying, like, I was expecting a puppet challenge, because they do usually do puppets at this like around this time. So this might be the first time they're not doing puppets. Unless they do it, next you know what? Week. And they didn't do they didn't do puppets in Drag Race UK either. Now that I'm thinking about this, I, I think they were they were tiring the puppets. Well, I mean, they've been doing it for so long across all of their franchises, so I guess it's good to switch it up here and there. But, True, I mean, but you know, when there's a staple, there's a staple. But I'm I'm I'm, I'm, a, I'm kind of I didn't want to see them try and be funny with puppets because these people wouldn't have been able to. So I would yeah, much well, rather see them cry. Maybe that's what they knew. They're like, well, this will be awful, especially coming off the roast challenge. Oh, like, this won't be funny. Let's just send the <laughs> messages from home. Let's do the rest of the season as all comedy and just watch them crash and burn so hard. I would love that. <laughs> Same. But we get some messages from home, which was actually uh, you know, enjoyable. So uh, here's yeah. Gia's mom appears on screen. And at first it was like, is she there? <laughs> and then we find out, oh, it's like an actual, like, yeah, they're interacting with their family members. Yeah. I thought that was interesting that they had full FaceTime as well. Sponsored by Fido, of course. Um, was there a sponsor by Fido? Yeah, it was. So Tracy Melshore said it between each one. Here's um, your message from your mother by Fido. Or when um, Patch was talking to Kendall, here's a message from your girlfriend from Fido. 
Um, I missed that. <laughs> because obviously Canon's Drag Race is only being funded by the sponsors, so they got to get them in every chance they can. This is like, true. This, this is really heavily sponsored, right? I mean, it's not just yeah. me. Yeah. Well, which is, is fine. It's just, it's very loud sponsorship, right? So obviously with the Shoppers Drug Mart, um, director chairs that they all use, which we love shoppers. We love shoppers. It's great. Got to get those points. Um, but it was, it was, it was really cute getting to hear everyone's messages from their partners and their loved ones. And it was just like, it was a nice change. And I can only imagine after being there for probably at that point now, six weeks in, cause I think they had to quarantine at the time of filming, getting to hear the first person, like their, their loved ones for the first time in so long would have been so lovely. True. Yeah. I guess I, yeah. I don't know if it would have been six weeks. It'd probably be closer to like four or something. Maybe. Yeah. But, um, it's still a while. Uh, I liked, yeah, I like seeing their family because you get to know them a bit better. I mean, I did feel like I was able to see a different side of Kendall for the first time with her being able to talk with her, you know, trans partner, um, mm. which is kind of a new concept for a lot of people probably watching this to see like, you know, people, uh, you know, just, just queer people, not just a gay person having a gay partner, but like their trans partner. Yeah, which, I mean, I've known both of them, and I've known them as in a relationship for a long time. So, especially in Vancouver, we have a very good, in our in our queer community here, we're very supportive of, of our trans performers as well. So, right. I don't know what it's like in the rest of Canada. It's very different from Vancouver. A lot of the drag performers who work here are trans or definitely not cisgendered here. So, for us, it was, like, so exciting. So, I can only imagine how important it would have, and impactful it would have been for people at home listening and watching that. So, and we love Patch. Patch is an icon. They're the most beautiful person in the world. Yeah, no, I loved it. I really did love yeah. seeing that because it was just, it was eye-opening for even, you know, somebody like myself to see to see that kind of relationship happening. Mm-hmm. Um, and I can only imagine for people that are not from the queer community. So it was great. So I, I really did like that they did this. I think it was a good uh, way to, I don't know, bring in family members and just see different yeah. sides of people. Yeah. Even Pythia. Totally. It, was, it was nice to see a different side of Pythia. Isis, it was great to see Isis's mom. I loved it. Yeah. And the French one, uh, she was great too. Adriana and her hot doctor. Uh, oh, the one that friend. sews, yeah. He doesn't just sew intestines, he sews garments. We love that. It's like, this is like the perfect man. He's like a doctor, he sews all yeah. the outfits. Got everything going. I loved that. He probably has a real big dick. Oh, I got Well, I mean, even if he didn't, he could make himself a bigger one. He's a doctor. Oh, he can make one, yeah. Just take some of that, take some, take some of Brad Foreskin's foreskin. Yeah. <laughs> but amazing i love modern day medicine it's the best <laughs> so that was that and then um i guess that was that that was it so then we get into the actual maxi challenge which is the high school queer prom makeover challenge yes i have, are you have you ever done put people in makeup are you good at putting people in makeup Many, many times. Yes, I've done it many times, more times than I want to. Um, okay. But I, jo- I enjoy I enjoy putting in people into drag because I love having anybody can experience drag and I love seeing them experience drag for the first time. Yeah. Um, it's exciting for me. So I do enjoy doing it. Have you? Mm-hmm. I have a few times, but I'm, I'm not good at makeup, but I'm very good at doing the face that I do. So it's easy if, because people are so excited about the drag that I do. If they don't do drag, they're like, I want to look like you when I have big tits and a fat ass. I'm like, okay, yeah. easy. I cover half the face in red lipstick and I do a smoky eye for the rest and it's easy. And it's done. Um, and so you, I would nail this challenge because I only know how to do one face. <laughs> you give them the Tina burner special. <laughs> turn it and burn it, bitch. Turn it and burn it. <laughs> That's one of my favorite makeovers. This is when Rose turns around. I was with the like... Tina Burner face. 
I said that on Twitter again today. That that, that <laughs> meme will never die. It will never die. It is great. We love it. Uh, but yeah, it's great if you have like, especially if you have like a class or um, a signature makeup, which you do. It's really just like you just copy and paste it into, onto some. Literally, else. yeah, yeah. Especially if if you if that's all you do like all the time, because I'm really not good at makeup, so it's easy because I, I literally just reprint it on someone else. And it's, it's a good thing to have for these kind of challenges because it's really kind of you're wanting to make somebody look like your family. So yep. you can just do it that way and you have to exactly. uh, think too much about it. So we find out that it's high school, specifically queer prom. So we're getting a bunch of kids getting makeovers by drag artists this time. I'm, I'm thinking back in my head, is this the first time they've had children um, involved in this capacity on the show? I think it is. I think it is. I mean, well, to be fair, there aren't they aren't quite children. I think they were all eighteen or nineteen, um, okay. but because I think they they said teens. Because if I was next to a child, I am not kid friendly. Uh, it would <laughs> I would have been sent home so fast if there was children brought into the workroom. No, I legally uh, I legally can't be. <laughs> can't be within thirty feet. I'm um, kidding. <laughs> with those shoulders, I it's mean, that, don't look at the websites. I'm kidding. <laughs> Um, I, I, it's definitely the youngest uh, makeover contestants for sure from any franchise. Uh, right. I would say, yeah. But how would you feel? I feel uncomfortable around the tiny youth. <laughs> like I would, I would prefer like the oldest gay man alive. I'm like, yes, honey, come here, let's do it. Oh, but absolutely. With, but with like the kids, I'll be like, oh god. So I don't want to offend you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I feel, but also like kids, I don't I don't even know. I don't even know what this generation is like. I don't even know. Yeah, I would much rather have an adult. Um, give me someone over the age of 25 and I will be happy because I, I don't like kids. I don't like young people. <laughs> like I, I had to do an all ages show last night and I'm not an all ages friendly performer by any means. Um, and it like, it, it holds me back for sure. Having to be right. appropriate for children. So yeah. having to do that, it wouldn't be the best TV. And I think for the producers, it wouldn't be the smartest move to put me next to kids. I feel saying. that way too. Cause I, I feel yeah. like, the, but I feel like this is kind of an indicator of where drag is going with this challenge specifically. Yeah. And kind of where Canada's drag race is going because, being in, and I don't want to say kids, young young adults will say, um, mm-hmm. but very very young. I feel like it's it's a new demographic for the show, where this is, you know, where the show is kind of leaning towards, and that's why we have a lot of younger Twinkie drag artists on the show nowadays because it's more representative yeah. of the, the audience watching it. Whereas when the show first started, it was really for a queer audience of. Older, you know, in their twenties, thirties, wherever. And it was, you know, it was just kind of representing queer culture, which is very, uh, very adult, <laughs> which is where drag started. Very adult humor, which is also where the show started. Yep. So it's it's interesting because I feel like this is kind of where the show is going now. Yeah, it's. I mean, especially with the announcement of the cast for season fourteen of the U.S. Drag Race, you can tell that it's now no longer being produced for a queer audience. Um, mm. They're really they're trying to branch out as they're going to making the wet as not the the net as wide as possible. For let's talk audience. about that quickly. So season fourteen sure. was just announced. Yeah. Now I I will be honest. I have not done a lot of research on this. I don't, yeah. I don't <laughs> care as much as I used to. But there is a cisgender, um, straight, uh, white man, white man on the cast yeah. season. How do you feel about that? Um, I've gone through a bevy of emotions here. So I initially I was angry because my initial thought was, what about the women? What about 
drag kings. Oh, what sure. about every other marginalized group of queer performer who's been repressed and right. has not had the opportunity to showcase their art? Um, like the last thing we need is to, is to give another uh, cisgendered white male um, a platform, especially in queer culture when for queers and for like, I found, I started watching drag race when I was in high school and it helped me a lot. So as a queer, as queer youth are now watching drag race and becoming more of their own, the last thing they need is to see straight white people in on their, their safety net. Right. Because mm-hmm. a lot of people who are young and queer don't feel necessarily safe to be open around straight white people. And I feel like it'll be misleading to a lot of people because a straight drag queen does not exist. Like this is the only time I've ever heard of a straight white drag queen. I've never heard of this before. Well, I have, yeah. Um, and I do know a few, actually. Um, really? I do. Um, not great drag queens. <laughs> um, drag queens, nonetheless. Um, mm-hmm. fin- finish your thought before I'll, I'll come in after. Um, and I was just initially angry because of the representation is still not there. And from what we know about how, how drag race has been going for the last... Um, 10, 12 years, how long it's been on, we finally had Victoria Scott in UK as a, a AFAB performer for the first time on a Drag Race franchise, um, which is a step in the right direction. But for the main franchise, Drag Race US, where it was obviously has the most following, they still are not putting out, they're not, they're not being inclusive to other forms of very valid forms of drag. And then also in the same season, there's two black trans women as well. And I just find that having a white cis male is taking the publicity away from the black trans women. And I think it's very purposeful and planned and I don't like that. Mm, yes, I can see that to be true. I can. Um, I, I, I also have mixed feelings on it where it's kind of like, you know, it's such an important part of our queer culture. Um, but I also think there's a thing with policing people's sexuality. And I think yeah. that's where I also come in of like, I don't care what your sexuality is. Mm-hmm. I genuinely don't. For anybody, if you are bisexual, pansexual, you know, heterosexual, I, I, I just for me, everything just doesn't matter. And I think as queer people, if we start policing other people's sexuality, as strange as it sounds, mm-hmm. for heterosexuality in drag, <laughs> it seems like such a backwards thought. But I just in terms of like, if we start policing who and can do and can't do things, um, I think we become hypocrites. So I don't have a problem with them being straight. I don't. Mm-hmm. Um, but in terms of representation on the show, I just want to see other representation to match that if it's going to be there, if that makes sense. Totally. Yeah. Of what you're just... saying, like drag kings, athlete performers, you know, just more trans contestants, more bearded contestants, sex workers. I want to see yeah. all of that. Maybe, maybe before this. Yeah. I just think if you're going to have a TV show that has impacted the queer community so heavily over the last decade, you should really start uh, evolving to show what the queer community actually looks like. Um, before you start including straight people into the, the mix is, right. is how I see it, you know? And this is just kind of, I don't know if you know anything else about them. I really don't know much about them at all. I know they, do actually, they actually do comedy. Um, yeah. I believe they do stand-up and stuff, which is great. Oh, I, their, I love their that. Drag is, their drag is amazing. I went through their Instagram and everything. I have nothing against them specifically, but the whole politicalness right. and the produced um, story. Produced elements. I'm annoyed at the at the the producers for this, and like I'm not annoyed at Maddie. Like I'm sure they're fine. Like everyone is allowed to drag. Drag is for everybody. Not everyone should do drag, but drag is for everybody for sure. So that's fine. But it's just annoying. I'm, I'm annoyed at the franchise for sure. I've been annoyed at the franchise for a while, so this is not new yeah, for me. Totally. <laughs> this is just throwing another stick on the fire of like I hate it. <laughs> I know it's 
it's uh, the, we're at the downfall of RuPaul's Drag Race. Like, I think the climax was a few years ago, and we, we're very much at the point. Of, remember when American Idol was at its peak, and then all of a sudden yes. came out the voice and came uh-huh. X Factor mm-hmm. and came all these other singing shows, and then American Idol died. Mm-hmm. We are exactly at that point right now for Drag Race, especially. It Drag could Race be. US. I mean, there, there's like, always there's always a peak for every series, but I think they 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 really overindulge. This is so many seasons everywhere. They're, um, it's too, they're oversatur- oversaturated the market, so no franchise is now getting the proper attention that each of them deserves because they're all going on at the exact same time now. And there's right. so and much it, happening. It, it, and being a contestant on the show is so hard because you you blend into all the other contestants. So it's yeah. so hard to stand out. So mm-hmm. ugh, I just, I, I have mixed feelings. I've already said publicly, I won't be auditioning for the series at this point because it doesn't feel like there's the right time for it. I feel like the time has passed. Yeah, right? It's it's interesting. It's a, It all depends on how you use um, the publicity and the exposure you get from the show. That's the whole point of doing the show. But if you're also fighting at the same time with 90 other contestants from across the world to get any sort of attention, it's, it's a bit, it's much more difficult than it was before for sure. That's it. That is it. Yeah. That is it. So, yeah. so getting back to the, the drag youth of tomorrow. So here they are. <laughs> <laughs> the future contestants of Canada's drag race are here and uh, they're very cute. I love, I love, I don't want to say I like kids, but I, I like, the, I like this group's energy. I don't know. Yeah, I was inspired by them, actually. Yeah. The, how they were unashamedly themselves. Yes, if that's I, it. That's it. I wish I could have been like that at that age as well, because I definitely wasn't. So I was definitely inspired by them knowing who they are. I thought it was really cool. Yeah, and I really do believe that, you know, children are, you know, the, the future. So... <laughs> <laughs> that, unfortunately, yes, and the future is, is climate change. So stop having kids because the number one cause of climate change is children. Oh, don't don't be watching Salt Lake City then the second season because it's God knows. <laughs> oh no! Do they all start having kids? I mean, I just I didn't know anything about it before I started. I didn't know they were all Mormon. So this was a, a trip for me for them all to be very religious because after, after watching Beverly Hills, none of them are really that religious openly. So it's interesting. Good oh, it's a, it's a very religious season. But some of them are like, oh, you know, I just want to have, I want a sister wife because I want to have more kids. Because, you know, because we have good kids and I want, we, we, that's our job is to populate the planet. It's like, no, stop. Stop populating the planet. Enough. Oh, my God. No. Oh, I'm going to have to binge all of it. I need to get to that right away. Stop. Yeah. <laughs> season, two is, season two is so good. Oh, but, I can't um, wait. Stop, two, we have a population crisis. Enough kids. <laughs> yeah, stop but, having kids. We don't need them. The kids that are here, they they know that they know they feel the same way. They do, and they they see that they see what needs to be done in the future. And I really love that. And I think the gen, this newer generation is what's going to be what changes the world for the better. And uh, I'm here for that. So great. Yeah, I agree. I'm I'm excited for it. So I guess we're getting into the girls kind of getting to know all their kids and going through them. You know, it's pretty classic. Oh yeah, nice inspirational. The the um, Kendall signs the each of the contestants their their makeover partner, and I think she did a very good job. I mean, obviously she's she's Kendall. She's nice. She's not. She's very political in how she acts. Like she's never trying to piss anyone off. So she really chose well. I think for everyone, she didn't fuck anyone over. Gave everyone a really great match, especially I think Pythia's partner was perfect. Yeah, very true. Absolutely I, what, perfect. I mean, wouldn't it be so terrible if somebody was like, "I'm going to sabotage you with kids." 
I would do it. And, the, like, like, and then they're like, oh, I got this kid. I hate this kid. I mean, you can't do that. <laughs> I mean, I would. I mean, I'm, we're playing a game. Like, I, I actually, I, if I'm playing the game, I want to win. I, I would not care. I'd be like, you know what? You are completely different sizes. I'm going to give them to you because I know you can't sew. <laughs> and you can't give them any of your garments. So I mean, I would, I would I would obviously play that way. But if somebody was to publicly say, like, I didn't want this kid. I mean, you would look like a real bitch real fast. Well, I mean, if you start out, out of the gate being like, I hate children, and then get assigned a child, then it would it would be on brand, at least. Well, that's how we would both be on our <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Where they were like, I, don't, I hate comedy. I'm like, I hate kids. <laughs> <laughs> Just in, in the confessionals, wow, I fucking hate children. <laughs> <laughs> Who am I going to tell this dick joke to? I can't tell it to this minor. Come on. Uh, close your ears, honey. It's fine. Yeah. So we're talking through, and uh, there's a conversation with Gay Straight Alliance that comes up, um, which is, I, I was actually surprised to hear that that still exists in high schools. Did you have a Gay Straight Alliance? I don't think so. So I grew up in, so obviously you're from, you're from BC. So do you know where Cloverdale is? Uh, where, is that south? It's like lower mainland. Um, it's like near, in Surrey. Okay, yes. I don't know that area. I know Northern BC, I know like the back of my hand. Okay, yeah. You're you're not you're not near the border. You're all the way up in the mountains there. So yes. in the area I grew up in, it was um not a very open area. So my high school was very backwards in many, many ways. Um and I don't we had like a rainbow lunch club, but you couldn't get into the into the lunch club because there'd people be people outside the class who were like angry and they would find out that you're gay and then bully you. Oh my god. Um, so like very counterproductive. <laughs> because you 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 could go there and be, feel safe for twenty minutes having lunch, but then the rest of the day you'd be unsafe because now you'd be outed by the homophobic kids in the school. So what was the point we, of it? You would you would go somewhere to eat your lunch in gay in a gay way? I yeah yeah you'd have to go limp wrist in. That was the you know, that was the password. You'd have to limp wrist to open the door, throw glitter in the air. That's the only way you can get in. I love a gay lunch. <laughs> we love a, a rainbow piece of bread. <laughs> So you were like, so people were in fear to like enter the gay lunch because yeah, like yeah, because, because it just wasn't the, safe. The straight contestant from season fourteen was outside the door. Yeah, it was Maddie Morphosis out there in their SpongeBob SquarePants drag, being like, "I'm going to beat you the fuck up after school." <laughs> <laughs> this is what the people wanted to see on Drag Race. Honestly, if if I don't see him hate crime people on season fourteen, I am not happening it. I want to see him be. I want to. I want to see a homophobe on Drag Race before I see a straight man. I yeah, want that. I want. I want to see some straight bashing on that season. Okay. Oh, That's I, what I oh. Want. I, I can't wait. I hope they all just beat the fuck out of him as soon as he walks in. The trans queen. The trans queen. <laughs> Uh, Terry Colby and Cornbread, I would love to see them just curb stomp <laughs> Maddie Morphosis as soon as they walk in and be like, well, I'm going straight to the top and just punch him in the throat. Now, of course, we're kidding. We're, of course, kidding. We don't want to, we don't want, I don't want your lawsuits, Maddie. Best of luck to you, girl. I hope um, you do well. I am excited for the journey that you're going to be on. You're gonna show be them great. that drag, bro. Show them that drag, bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. <laughs> um, I had a gay straight alliance in my high school. Um, oh, really? It was, it was he, pretty. You went to high school when the Hindenburg crashed, so this is very surprising. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Listen, my grandmotherly energy has been serving <laughs> me very well. Um, yeah, I had like I wouldn't say I had a good high school experience in terms of being queer because I had a lot of I had a lot of people throwing cans and stuff at my head. Yeah. I mean, that there's was, a lot of real estate. That, that, sense. Was, that was just a day. I was like, oh, <laughs> oh that Monday. was me. I, I flew to Toronto this morning, just throw a can through your window, and then flew back. Mondays, am I right? <laughs> 
Um, but you know, we did have a gay straight alliance, so I, that's why I was surprised to hear that it was still around because <laughs> I was like, especially with this newer generation. But um, I think it's important to have those things in schools where you know, having it's because it, it, it's exactly how it sounds gray straight alliance where some queer people and some straight people kind of just talk, yeah. <laughs> um, and I think it's a good experience, so. Yeah, I mean, whatever they can do to make everyone feel safe, and I'm, I'm I'm all for it. I'm totally all for it. It's just I didn't have it to that extent. So, if it works, it works, right? Like I, I'm glad that they're they're thinking of that for the young kids nowadays. I think it's amazing. Well, they must have been you must have been in a real hateful period in between my older period. It's crazy. I mean, yeah. it, it ebbs and flows. The hate ebbs and flows. You know, it does. But also, Cloverdale is only known for its rodeo that happens once a year during the May Long Weekend, the second biggest rodeo in Canada besides the Calgary Stampede. And if, if that if that should tell you enough of where I grew up. So that sounds was real, what, sounds real hot. I love those cowboys. Oh, Oof. the the uh, the closeted cowboy dads that I would yeah. sleep with when I was mm-hmm. um, um, younger was it was it was good. It formed me in a very interesting direction in my life. But now that I look back at it, I was like, that was hot and sexy. <laughs> yeah, it's got to be hot and sexy. Take raw, raw oh, dogging it, raw dogging it in the back of the sheep pen. Come on, uh, nothing like getting fucked in the back of a pickup on like in a dirt <laughs> road. It's amazing. Well, this is what I'm saying. Everybody is straight. Quotations straightish. Every sexuality is you know everybody's got their own sexuality. Totally, it's it's a it's a spectrum. Everyone is totally entitled to whatever they like. Sexuality is none of our business. Who you sleep with is none of our business and it's should, a spectrum and you shouldn't should, be ashamed of that we need to have a gay lunch and eat some pussy together yeah, ooh, absolutely <laughs> let's do it like, let's just let's just flick the bean together i think that'd be i called just like, <laughs> let's do it i called just like we'll go down the, the 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 valley of torment or whatever that big one is fly off the side and flick the bean it'll be amazing i'm ordering in from uber eats okay we're having some pussy tonight here we go <laughs> don't forget to tip because it'll be there faster and warmer <laughs> True, true. Oh my yeah. gosh! Now I'm in the now I'm now I'm I've got a hankering for pussy. Me too. Uh, me too. Anyways, talking about pussy. Oh, let's not talk about pussy. We're talking about kids. <laughs> I mean, kids came out of pussy, so I this guess this is why this is why I couldn't be in the same room on a challenge like this because like I'd be just talking with the girl next to me, like, yeah, I could eat some pussy. Yeah. Or like we talking about our poops or like, you know, the one time I had a man lick my foot and I threw up all over his bed and I just laughed and I robbed him on my way out. Like kids can't hear these things. You robbed him after you threw up on his foot? Yeah, he was too busy cleaning it. Oh, no, I, I threw up on his bed. He licked my foot and then I threw up on his bed. I'm very ticklish. Oh, you, you threw up and you're so ticklish? Yeah, it was like, have you ever, I, I wasn't expecting him to put my entire foot in his mouth, but like he went all the way up to the heel, like he deep throated my wow. foot. That's awesome. Um, I wasn't prepared for it, and I, I threw up everywhere. And as he was cleaning up his bed, I robbed him. But I was like, I was like nineteen. It was a different time. <laughs> I, I can't, I can't get too involved with this. I can't get too. I'm gonna be involved. With, I'm gonna be involved with the court case if I ask too many more questions. I can't. I'm making all of the squirrel talk listeners accessories to a crime. <laughs> Welcome to Erica Jane's life. <laughs> the strongest substance isn't diamonds; it's my pussy. Yes, I'm the Sutton. What is her name? I'm a slutton. The slutton strack. The stracked up slutton. All right, I guess let's get in, let's take a break and talk to their sponsor, and then we'll come back into the runway, shall we? Yes, let's do it. Yes, yes. All right, we are back from our sponsory break. How was that for you? It was so good. I love the sponsors of that for this episode. I'm a huge fan of them, and I'm so happy that they're sponsoring this podcast. 
Yeah, football. That's what's sponsoring us. Did you know? <laughs> yeah, I love balls. So big fan. <laughs> Sometimes I listen to this and then some of the, the commercials that pop up, when they do pop up, I'm like, where did these commercials come from? <laughs> some of them are just like really random, but you know, some of them, some of them work, some of them fit. I mean, at least you don't get like random straight um, ads for your podcast, like a roofer's like, hey, do you need to add some tiles to your roof? Here's a dart gun. Like, that would be- <laughs> I thought you meant like a roofer, like somebody who like gives you a roofie. <laughs> I mean, I've listened to most of the episodes. I haven't heard all of them, so that might have been an ad for one of them. I don't know. That's a very straight reference there, a roofer. Absolutely. <laughs> a roofier. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, enough about the roofies. Back that was, that was you back in your childhood. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so we are getting into the runway. Like we said, the category is cool mom and prom queen. Is that correct? I think so. I think so. Yeah. I think it was it was very much like mom dropping their, their child off at prom. Yeah, yeah. We, we've seen this before. This is every single season they have the same thing. Totally. So the judges are, it is Tracy and Mel Shore. Not Mel Shore. Mel Shore. Yeah. Yes, I should have I copyrighted that so I could sue the bitch. <laughs> and we have Brooklyn Heights, Brad Goreski, and Mitsu. Do you know Mitsu? I do not, I've never heard of Mitsu whatsoever. No, I'm so sorry, Mitsu. You're an icon. I, I haven't either, but Selena was telling me she was like a Quebec. Well, she's like a pop star, but she was from Quebec. So she was like yeah. a Madonna, Madonna level pop star in the 90s, I guess. But only in Quebec. Um, I assume, like, her song that she did in the episode was not francophone. So I assume she um, crossed borders. But it also, they also know that the song was written by RuPaul. So I wonder if she made a cover just for the show. Oh, I did not catch that. Because I, I, I noted, I because I watched it again, obviously today before you, we were recording, so I can have it all fresh in my mind. And Tracy was the one who was introing everything, and she said the song was "Everybody Say Love." I think um, by Mitsu, written by RuPaul, and it was she enunciated that. Ah. So I, I thought that was interesting. So I think I don't know Mitsu, so I don't know what her music style is like. So it doesn't make sense for her to have just covered a RuPaul song for no reason, especially for right. the best. So maybe she just made a cover for the show. It was definitely a cover, though, because that is a RuPaul song for sure. I absolutely. Absolutely. So that was, yeah. yeah. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. All right, Mitsu. I don't know you, girl, but I don't mind you. No, the song was great. It was lovely. She loved yeah, the song. was great. So let's yeah. get into the runway. So here comes Isis and her new daughter, Ruby Couture. Oh, and yeah. so she's given us cool moms. She's given us a share, Wagamal Watuzi. And uh, – <laughs> With this kind of crystal hair number, Vegas number. She's very Vegas. And then oh, Ruby yeah. comes out in kind of a ruby red. Uh, very tr- tr- you know, fashion forward of now. Yeah. Um, so just two very different styles. What do we think of them? Oh, by the way, we do a nut or cut. If you like them, nut. If you don't like them, cut. We'll do one for each. Okay. So I would absolutely nut for both of them. Um, I thought the, or I don't know if, sorry, you said one for each, but oh my God, I liked both of them. I thought Ruby was amazing. I thought she looked gorgeous. Isis has obviously done well in the design challenges, so I wasn't surprised by this whatsoever. Ruby looked uh, very gorgeous. So, so, so gorgeous. And Isis, I didn't understand it in reference to the other contestants and what they wore. Um, like it, it made no sense. Like the prompt was unclear to me after seeing Isis and then seeing Gia, for instance, and then seeing the rest of them, it made no sense to me. But she looked great. She looked amazing. Right. So one of the things going into the season, they're given prompts as, as to what to bring for the runways. And one of the prompts I'm assuming they were given was cool mom as a runway look. And they probably weren't given the second look in terms of what they would do for a makeover. So they all brought cool mom looks, thinking that was an individual look for the runway. 
And that's what I got from this, obviously, because she <laughs> she does look like a cool mom. Like she does. Isis. Yeah. She I, she does, yeah. She looks like a cool mom on Halloween. <laughs> on Halloween, sure. Like, this is exactly how I would imagine Kyle Richards would be for Halloween taking her her child to prom, you know, from Beverly Hills. It's a very Beverly Hills like Halloween mom. Totally. Very, very yeah, totally, totally. I'm gonna give them both a nut for this. I like them both. I think they will both look gorgeous. I think they're the best of the night, to be honest. But I will say in terms of family, which is kind of the main part of the challenge, is like mother, daughter, how much do you look alike? They really don't look alike at all. Not at all. No. So <laughs> both looked gorgeous individually, but it was very much like the aunt was dropping her daughter or her 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 niece off at the the ball. The unfortunate part is of this is that Isis had already brought this look, and she can't just remake this look. This is a complicated look. Well, she could have because she could have made something else. Because um, as we're going to get into it, Pythia made both looks for this runway as well. Well, that's the thing. She could have made another look instead of this. So that's where she could have gone with it. But um, I do feel bad. Like she brought this look as like this is an amazing look. It really is. Yeah. And then you just you just unfortunately can't re- re- recreate this look because it's like. <laughs> A Bob Mackie beaded special. Yeah, no, it was it was gorgeous. It was so gorgeous. I, w- I would have stolen it right off her body if I could. You just love to steal things. You're a little kleptomaniac, aren't you? <laughs> There's nothing wrong with taking things back. It's fine. I'll, I'll, I'll maybe give it back eventually. Who knows? That's where you get that big ass from. It's full of shit. <laughs> well, at least I'm pooping. You, you stole my couch, didn't you? Yeah, well, I'm not allowed in the brick anymore. Not in any brick. I've stolen too many couch cushions. Yeah, because your face is plastered over the brick as the brick. Yeah. <laughs> Jerry Lynn the Brick Spears. Here we are. Jerry Lynn the Brick Spears. That sounds like a um like a law a law firm a law commercial. <laughs> Have you been wronged by your insurance company? Call Jerry Lynn the Brick Spears, and we'll throw the brick through their window. <laughs> I love that. So speaking about who's people have done done people wrong. Here comes Kendall Gender, and. Uh, her Speaking daughter. of people who've done people wrong, <laughs> I live. <laughs> yeah, she did that girl wrong. I'm so sorry. <laughs> so sorry. And Stormy Gender, who is apparently um, Kendall's daughter's real name in real life, in real Ken- real Kendall Kardashian world. I uh, in no what no Kylie is the one that has the daughter, right? I have no idea. I don't know anything so, about these people. So Kendall is the model. Okay, so I mean, this is a quick tangent. I'm so sorry. So Kendall Jenner is, we think, a lesbian, actually. So there's like this whole secret going on the internet right now. It's this huge thing where they think Kendall's a lesbian, but the Kardashians won't let her come out. Um, and then there's Kylie Jenner, who's the one that has, has Stormy. Kylie's the one that has the lip kits. Lip kits, right. She did the lip challenge with the cup and, and the cup and the lips. Yeah, and she, she got just scarred forever. That's why her lips are so big now. That's why. Well, yeah. that's why you have your big lips too. Of course, I, I've done it with a pickle jar. That's why they take up half my face. <laughs> oh, I love a good pickle. Uh, so, gherkin. Yeah. Here she is, uh, stormy pickle gender, and <laughs> she, she definitely has that dual look. Um, she, so she said she wanted that like Kim Kardashian wet look from the Met Gala, yeah. and this doesn't give me that, but it gives me, I guess, the essence of what that was. Um, it's a pretty simple garment. But in terms of like what we've seen from Kendall making things, I guess it's nice. Yeah, I, I mean it's it was bad. Let's it was bad. So Kendall looked amazing, of course, as always. Um, I Did was she though? I liked the look. I thought this cool. yabba dabba do like first. But, I don't. <laughs> Eva, I love cartoons though, so I was really I liked the reference a lot. So I really got it. I thought it was cool, and I was impressed that she made a boot cover for her daughter. 
but the the dress was bad. It was it was it was a boot for me. <laughs> Absolute boots the house down cut right, right. Nutter, nutter cut yeah do you, you cut so you, are you cutting both or cutting cutting one? um i'm gonna i'm gonna nut i'm gonna nut kendall but i'm definitely gonna cut the garment that she made because it was just like a t-shirt dress that she had made it was two panels of fabric that she had sewn together and there was no other detail to it and it did not give at all what the daughter asked for right and for me this also didn't give me a connection between the two i wasn't no. really feeling like um i don't know i just feel like I don't know. I just feel like the, there isn't a lot of connections in terms of the mother-daughter thing, other than you look older than her because you <laughs> are wearing this like matronly yabba dabba do um, yeah. print. Which, by the way, I in theory, I love this. I would wear this for sure. For some reason, it doesn't work for me with Kendall because I haven't seen the side of her before. And so, again, it just doesn't feel authentic to her for some reason to me. Well, because uh, I think a lot of what we've seen of Kendall, even from before Drag Race, was uh, cool bodysuits or kind of recreations of popular artists' costumes that she could wear too. So for, to, for her to do like a cartoon throwback was very kind of from left field for her, for sure. Um, and like I liked, I liked it. I liked the wig with it was really cool. It was made by someone in Vancouver named Sean Malmus, and he does really amazing wigs. So I think that was a really cool job. But it, the, the familial relation made no sense to me. Exactly. So I will. Yeah. I will cut the daughter. You know what? You won me over. I'll, I will nut Kendall because you just you 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 fought for her, Jerry Dillon, <laughs> Jerry Lynn, the Brick Spears. You fought for her and you won. Us bricks. We got to stay together. Me and Kendall, man. <laughs> talk about a talk about a city full of bricks. <laughs> Vancouver, we're, we're a brick city for sure. You've ever been to Gastown? It's brick laden sidewalks. Yeah, I would walk all over your faces. Don't you worry. <laughs> Here comes Adrienne and Belladonna. And Belladonna, I guess she was kind of inspired by Michelle Visage, um, which I guess we can we get like an essence of Michelle in this. And then Adriana is giving us a latex moment, a latex naughty mummy. When she turns around, there's some kind of plushie coming out of her butt. <laughs> yeah, I um, it was cute. Adriana looked amazing. I loved the look from head to toe. I thought it was very funny, very camp, but... It also didn't connect with her daughter at all. Her daughter looked fine. Um, but it was like, it, none of them really did the challenge properly. They all wore what the prompt the, the prompt that they were given. They all yeah. wore that costume. And then they didn't really do anything to match. Um, especially from watching Drag Race for so many years now. We, we know what these challenges are looking for. They're looking for, A, the same sort of makeup. And B, a costume that makes sense together. Yeah, but I mean, in most of the makeover challenges now, a lot of the queens bring both looks. Like, they literally bring the makeover look and their actual look, and they can fit it to the person they're getting into. This one, they kind of threw them a curveball in terms of, like, you have to come up with a totally new look for them, which is fine. It's a prom look. But they already had a set look. So it's kind of weird in terms of that. Because, again, like, she's wearing a latex look. She can't just make another latex look. <laughs> but, I mean, the, the other thing is just she could have come up with another look, just, but it would have looked ugly. Yeah, no, that's true. Especially because none of them are really designers. So again, just in terms of like putting this together, there's just like, give them some more notice or something. I don't know. Um, I actually thought Belladonna looked better than Kendall's daughter did. Um, mm -hmm. So I will nut her for that. And then I think Adriana, I liked, I, listen, I love a latex moment. I'm a latex girl. Um, and I like this. I think it's funny. I'm, I'm going to nut it, but it's not my favorite thing in the world. I don't think it's my favorite latex look I've ever seen. No, but I think out of all of the divas and the dolls on the, the on the main stage today, I think actually Adrian has had had my probably my favorite look that made sense with the challenge theme for Cool Mom because she was wearing like an apron. She looked like a, a kinky mom. Oh yeah. Um, I mean, Isis looked great, but it also 
didn't give me mom. It gave me Vegas showgirl. Um, and I think I liked Adriana's look a lot. And I, I, I agree with you. I'm going to net both of them, but yeah, this gives me like, she's totally Amy Poehler, right? We get that. Totally. Oh my God. Yeah. So I liked it. So I, I get confused later in this episode too. After this comes Pythia and her goth, uh, her goth daughter, her goth son, her goth, he, them, they, them, non-binary. Um, who is, what is their name? I'm looking it up. Apollo, Pythia and Apollo. Yeah. Which I, I guess they're both it. named, they're both named after like Greek gods. I guess that makes sense. Yeah, it was keeping it like, I think Pythia understood the assignment and I think I would definitely give them an A for this assignment. I think they did a great job, even though, so the, 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 dis, the deconstructed tuxedo that they made for Apollo, <clears throat> I thought it was very smart how they did it. I didn't like the construction so much. Um, and I didn't like the final, like it, it was like a, it, they hit 75% of the goal, in my opinion, of what they were going for. They didn't really reach what they were reaching for, but it was cool. And it was completely different from what, I, what I, everyone else had done. And I liked that for that. And I thought it was, I thought it was cool. Yeah, same. And again, like we were saying, Pythia actually made her look for this too. So she, she put in the effort to come up with two completely new looks for this, um, which I think is where the time comes in of like, she really almost ran out of time. Uh, and I can kind of see that in this, the the drag the drag uh, drag sun look where it just doesn't feel fully finished um but i get the concept of doing this gothy look i don't know for me this doesn't it just doesn't excite me as much but i do like what, what you were saying in terms of <laughs> the representation of what's happening here yes yeah i and i think what also really sold me on it too was how happy you could tell apollo was in it totally you know? yes like they were so happy to be, they felt so confident in their garment where the other ones were like, well, I'm who hadn't been in drag before. I guess they would have been excited, but you could tell that Apollo was like, this is cool. This is yeah. cool than everybody else. I like what I'm wearing. And I really, I really like their look a lot. Yeah. They're very happy. I'm going to cut it. I'm going to cut it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I don't care how happy you are. I don't like this look, but <laughs> Pythia, I will not Pythia's look. Cause it made sense. So she also had like a tattoo under skin. Um, yeah. So it's like full, full, full coverage and thought of it. So I don't know. Um, yeah. I, yeah. So one nut, one cut. Yeah. What did you give? Two nuts? I think I'm going to give them two nuts. I think I, I like full the look. I like scrotum, the pairing. Full scrotum of nuts. Yeah. Slightly engorged, I think, for sure. Well, if your scrotum matches your breasts, I can only imagine. <laughs> just dragging them across the ground scratching my balls for the sidewalk why not i mean that's a drag king look if i ever saw one low lower the breastplate boys honestly if i ever swap and i do uh uh hyper hyper boy drag that's what i'm gonna do and take my big breastplate and just dangle them from my crotch <laughs> oh my god i will be there to shave those nuts oh thank you so much i appreciate your help <laughs> speaking about people who i'm there to shave it's gia and electric metric <laughs> Yeah. And uh, I like this name, Electric Metric. It's, you know, it's cute. It goes with Gia. Good. Yeah. yeah. And she looks cute. She definitely, you know, for somebody who has struggled with the design challenge early in the season, she really has a good, she came up with a good look and she came up with a good look for the other design challenge. So I don't know. I was impressed. The first one. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. And then her look is very, you know, Peg Bundy. It is Peg Bundy. Oh, I was so mad that they didn't mention Peg Bundy at all because like, like I mean, it might have been a copyright issue, but this Peg is very Jerry, is, this is Jerry Lynn. She stole your look. Peg Bunny is a huge inspiration for me as well because I obviously I grew up watching Married with Children with my family. Of course. Um, so for them to not even mention Peg Bundy or uh, I think it's Katie Katie Seagal who played 
Peg Bundy, because I understand for a certain copyright, whatever, they might not have been able to say Peg Bundy, but they, they should have been like, you look like Katie Seagal. Give Katie Seagal some credit. Do not, do not, do not step on Katie Seagal's name, her legacy. Like, she looked great. I, like, I, this is the first time I've ever seen Gia in boobs and pads ever. And I thought she looked wonderful. She looked amazing. One, one day we'll see her with a blocked brow, maybe. I, I don't, who's to say? Oh, well, when, <laughs> maybe one day. <laughs> well, she used to just glue things over top of her brows, hey? Um, when she first started doing drag, she would get like those thick rhinestones and glue them over her brows without even actually blocking her brows. She just super glued them to her face. That lazy cunt. Yeah. Fuck that bitch. They can wear her real eyebrows and drag. <laughs> um, I love this is very this is very married with children, because even the daughter, I can't remember her name. What's the with the actress is Apple Christine Appleby? I think so, yeah. Or Appleton. Apple Chris Christine Appleton? Something. Not Applebee's, that's a restaurant. <laughs> Arby's? <laughs> I'm so old, I'm just thinking about Applebee's. So they yeah, she looks she kind of looks like the the daughter from that series too. So I think that was a real reference point. I actually really like this duo. I think they look great together. Yeah, it like it made a lot of sense. I understood the reference immediately. Um and I thought it was really clever on Gia's part. Like, I really have to give her props for this because, I mean, obviously she came in with this look and for her to even think of coming in as um, Peg Bundy for her cool mom look, I think was cool and very clever. Um, but then also being able to tie in her daughter's look to also still kind of be in that, like, 80s family trope um, for prom. I was like, that's cool. Like, that was very smart. Yeah, it really worked. And this is a cool mom. This is a cool mom. Yeah. Yeah. And the way she acted out was really good. So, you know, as much as I, like, can't stand her sometimes, I really enjoyed this for her. Absolutely. I think this was definitely a shining moment for her. A hundred percent. So that was the runway. Uh, what did we give? A nut? Double nut? I double nut them. Double nut for sure. I You couldn't see Peg Bunny and not double nut on her chest. A hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Put that double nut in my Starbucks coffee, honey. <laughs> but so who ends up winning this? It's Pythia. It's Pythia. Mm-hmm. Pythia and Apollo. They're the winners of this week's challenge. I guess that makes sense. Uh, you know, I would have, I probably would have given this to Gia for this. Um, but, you know, Pythia was good, and she did make her outfit completely new, and they really looked mm-hmm. cohesive, even though I think this other outfit is not my favorite. But that is what it is. Yeah. I mean, she, it it totally made sense for the challenge. Like, they were the most cohesive, for sure, and I think is what they actually were looking for. So I think that's what they judged. And we find out that she wins the Shopper's gift card. <laughs> for, yeah, $2,500 for Shopper's Beauty. I wonder if the gift card only can be used for beauty because they said beauty for like specifically. So do you think they can go get like butt wipes at Shopper's or no? Just, just yeah, that's beauty. That's beauty for sure. That's beauty. Yeah, that's and I'm beauty. sure you can go get like some um, like uh, Red Bull. I'm sure that's considered beauty. Well, or a, that is beauty t- keeping keeping you awake. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what else is in the Shopper's? Um, you know, they have a pharmacy. So if you have hemorrhoids, um, keeping those down, that's beauty. Anything but related is beauty. Absolutely. I think so. I, think so. Yeah. I mean, for you, if you had won that, you can go get some laxatives to help you poop. That's I have. I, I've been using them. You know, I, they I find them really strong, but they also just hurt my tummy. Oh, okay. So a trick that I used to do. So when I, um, I don't do this so much anymore, but I have talked to a gay doctor about this, so it's fine. It's not going to kill you. I promise. A gay doctor. Um, I used to we I used to douche with green tea. <gasps> oh, I'm listening. 
And like, especially when I was, I, when I first moved out of my parents' house and how flaky people are in Vancouver, like I was, we get canceled on all the time. So if I'm like, if I was cleaning myself out, at least I'd be super fucking relaxed by the time <laughs> I was done. So, cause you know, if you put alcohol up your butt, you absorb the alcohol much faster. Yes, faster. yes, yes, so yes, you, yes, yes. So if you douche with green tea, obviously not hot, like I would boil it and then I would let it cool down. So this was like a longer process. Like this was a lot of, of self care going on. That's steep. Yeah. And I would obviously take the tea bags out, make sure there's no itty bits in there, but then I would, I would put green tea in my ass, let it sit there for a few minutes until it started to hurt. So you have to expel everything. And I would be so calm and I'd be so relaxed and it really would help me have really nice solid clean poops and i think it, it might help you it might help to shoot some green tea up your asshole it might be wonderful i'm absolutely doing this right now I, as we're talking i literally have a, i have a cup of green tea i have my douche right next to me do it just just bend over put the funnel in and just dump it in you carry the podcast while i do this <laughs> well now we're, we've they're in the in the back room and they're talking about the results of the <laughs> <laughs> too hot <laughs> should throw in some ice cubes in there Ooh, that's got a caffeine zip to it, huh? Oh, yeah. It keeps you awake. It's wonderful. You know what I used to do? I used to put, like, a mouthwash in my douche because then it tastes better. See, I feel like that would fucking hurt and burn. Oh, it doesn't. But you just put, like, a little dollop. It's just, like, splash. But I also so, feel like that kills the bacteria. So maybe that's where my problem is coming but from. have you – maybe, yeah. But So have you done that and then had sex afterwards? And what was the response? Like, did you have any Yelp reviews afterwards to be like, oh, oh it was always fresh? good. Always good. Oh, yeah. And they tell you in the moment, too. Do they? And they're like, oh, yeah. your asshole tastes like mint. Interesting. Yeah, no, well, they're just like, this tastes delicious. I'm like, well, I know. So do you think you could put, like, you could steep bubblegum in there and then have a bubblegum asshole? Steep bubblegum? Yeah, like, you know, you know those, like, those, if you put it in the water, let the flavors kind of uh, leave. I don't, know, I don't know what kind of little shop, of hor- little shop of horrors asshole you have that you can chew bubblegum with. Well, it, but... it's, it sounds like a dental office. Like, there's flavors <laughs> for fluoride, right? So if there if there's a mint, I'm sure there's a berry, and I'm sure there's a bubblegum, and there's probably a, a nice warm cinnamon scent you could probably put up there. A lot of people used to put Tic Tac. They would just stick a Tic Tac up there, you know? And Shut just, up. Just let it dissolve. But I feel like I, that's that feels like that would be a little bit too fr- minty fresh for me. Yeah, that's a bit interesting. But That's the a green, choice. The green tea thing is new tea. I haven't heard this tea. And I'm going to put yeah. that tea. I'm putting that tea at my butt later tonight. We're going to try honestly, it. Out. Honestly, try it and let me know how it goes because it, I used to do it all the time and it's wonderful. I haven't had sex in a long time, but when I do, when I go back to having sex, I absolutely will. Okay. Well, I can get my tea at Shoppers Drug Mart. So this is full circle. Yeah. <laughs> Sponsored by Shoppers. That's probably what the ad was for this episode, I'm sure. <laughs> so Pythia is douching with green tea from Shoppers Drug Mart. God bless Pythia. <laughs> And we're getting into the bottom two, who we find out are Adriana and Isis. Isis. It was Isis Couture. <laughs> I don't have to think about it for a second, too. <laughs> uh, does that make sense to you? Uh, no. But also, to be honest, I would have I would put Kendall in the bottom just because I thought her garment that she had made for her daughter was the worst on the runway. True. Um, At this point, I didn't care. No. <laughs> So I really don't care. I'm like, I really don't care. Yeah. And also whoever they would have put against ISIS was absolutely going to go home regardless of who it was because ISIS has been nailing the competition. Um, So it was, I think they put her in the bottom to even out the playing field so that the top three, like the top four um, and the top three will be a bit more like ambiguous as to who's going to win. Right. I think that's true too. Who knows? Who who knows? But they're in the bottom. They are lip syncing. Everybody say love by Mitsu, written by RuPaul. Yeah. (laughs) Specifically written by RuPaul. And this was actually a very fun song. Like, I I really loved hearing her version of it. I had never heard it. 
Yeah, I thought it was, I thought it was cute. It's nice hearing a RuPaul song by someone who can actually sing. True. Yeah, she can sing. That was fun. Yeah, it was nice. What do you think of the lip sync? Um, it was it was okay. You know, I like I, they made the comment at the end of it that it was so much fun to watch, and I didn't necessarily have that same opinion. But um, also, watching Drag Alive is different from watching Drag at Home. Um, I only watched Isis. I didn't watch Adriana at all. I thought I think Isis's costume was also just great for performance. So getting to see the the um, the beads move as she performed, I thought it was just fun to watch. So I, I enjoyed her, and I knew she was going to win regardless. I knew Adriana was going home because. I don't think she, she had not, she'd won no challenges at this point. One challenge. She, she won a challenge. Um, I, the thing um, with Adriana yeah. is she was wearing such a funny look. She really could have had fun with this. Yeah. And she could have gone really campy and comedy. And there was an anal beads hanging out of her apron. Yeah. I was like, what is this anal beads? And why am I not seeing it being whooped? I mean, are you trying to hide this from the children? I'm assuming. <laughs> I guess this is the issue of not casting comedy queens because the lip syncs aren't as funny. They're not as fun to watch. They're just, they're just people just twirling and just, not playing into the costumes that they wore. Yeah, it just was, it was a flat lip sync. I just didn't really care. It was fine. The, the song was fine. The song was fun. And I thought yeah. Isis had fun with it, I guess. And then I really just wanted Adriana to use, start using those butt, the butt anal beads, you know? Totally. Absolutely. It's like, do you remember the Naughty or Nice runway where everyone was a nun? Um, I would have absolutely, if I had gotten that prompt, I would have just been like a regular nun, but I would have had anal beads that were like 14 feet long as like a train coming right up my ass. That would be the only difference. Like a rosary, a nice rosary coming out of my hole. Oh, we love a rosary coming out of your hole. We love, yeah. we have talked so much about our butts this podcast. <laughs> That's going to be the name of the episode. This, is a, this must be a new, you know, I love talking about, but this has to be a new record for the podcast though. Well, we're here to break records. That's that's what we do. You're here to break your ass and break records at the same time. <laughs> Absolutely. But I wanted, I wanted the anal beads. I wanted to just start ripping them. Everybody say love. Come on. So, anyways, needless to say, Adriana Sashi's away, and yes. Isis carries on for another day. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, ex- I like this top four. I think this. The only other, I mean, the only person I would have swapped out, would I would have loved Kimora to still be here, um, but. It's a good top four. I don't know how I feel about this because I feel like I don't know anybody still. It's the strangest thing. Of, I feel like I know bits and pieces of them, but I don't know enough about them of like, oh, you should be Canada's next drag superstar. Do you know what I'm saying? I like, get that, yeah. I don't I don't have that essence yet. Where like last season, I feel like with Priyanka, I was like, absolutely, I get this. And with like people like Rita Bega and Scarlett Boba, I hated, so I didn't care about her. Um, <laughs> Jimbo, okay. like Jimbo, absolutely. Like I, fu- I fully in lemon. I felt that. You know what I'm saying? This yeah. is I'm just. I'm not getting that energy. The only person I could say really is maybe Pythia or Isis, but I'm. I don't even know. Like I haven't seen enough from them yet. To, to be quite honest, I yeah, it's interesting. This this year they have not done as much character development with their with the cast as they have in the first season, um, which is interesting. But for me, I've also for the top four, the only one I haven't worked with personally is Isis. So I know all of the other three. Um, in a professional level pretty well. So I know them, which is maybe um, fogging my opinion of it. Cause I, I know them personally, I've worked with them and I've done all that, but they have definitely not really delved into many people's like backup stories here. They've not really shown us who a lot of them are. Like even when they've gone into Kendall um, dating a trans woman, it was when they brought it up the first time it, it, all she said was yes. Like on the first episode with Gigi Gorgeous, they're like, Oh, I hear that you're out and proud of your relationship and you're dating a trans woman. And the only thing they cut to her saying was, yes, I am. And they didn't really like kind of go into it. So it's, it's interesting. They really are not 
giving the character development that we want from these from 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 a reality show. There's no fighting. There's no character development. It's just kind of all like yeah. And there's no interaction. There's not a lot of interactions between them either. In terms of, I don't know what the relationship is with each other. Even the Brad Pack girls, which I'm we know we we know their family, but I'm not even seeing an interaction between Gia or Kendall in the series necessarily. So it's just yeah, it's just weird. It's weird. I think it's because they're all too nice to each other. So it's not like exciting to put them all interacting together. Cause I think, especially with throwing in the Brat Pack together, they, they've worked together for so much for so long. So it's It's not like they're going to be fighting or anything. It's, 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 it's an interesting choice. Like if they put in more Toronto girls and a different variety of uh, Vancouver girls, the drama would have been, I'm sure much better. Cause I know a lot of Toronto girls are very egotistical and a lot of Vancouver girls are a bit more quieter, but also very willing to fight and cut people's throats if we need to. So like, yeah. They didn't. They didn't put any of that together, and it was. I think it was a really big missed opportunity for the season. I gave them a full hit list of the people I hate. <laughs> I told them, I was like, here's yeah. all the people I cannot. I told them that in season one, Jerry. When I, <laughs> I told them, I was like, I do not want to be in the same room as Scarlet Bobo or Juicebox. I'm telling you right now. And um, they didn't. They didn't put me in that room. <laughs> Which you know what? I don't. I don't understand because they want good TV. Some of the most memorable moments from Drag Race across the board of is when Morgan McMichaels and Monique fought in season two. But so, that was also ten years ago, and the series has moved into a new direction. It's not what it was. They don't want the cattiness. They they don't even have the rukuku, uh, shady rattlesnake noise anymore. That that's been retired. You know what I mean? I, like they're just yeah. taking them into a totally summer camp vibe. Oh, I hate that. I, I want I want my drag because I mean we obviously we we are working drag queens. We know what it's actually like to be a working drag queen in a back room with other drag performers, and it is not what it's like on TV. It's catty. It's fun. It's shady. Um, everyone's reading each other, and it's not what the TV shows. It's not portraying real life drag anymore at all. No, it's pre- it's pre- presenting for the prime time straight audience yeah. <laughs> i guess of like i i don't i have no idea where they're going with it but for me no. there's there is a disconnect between this series and the other series and one of the i've i've, I've covered a lot of series on these podcasts now i think this might be my like 20th drag race series that i've covered That's amazing like, insanity i've only been doing this for four and a half years it's been 20 fucking series they, yeah. <laughs> oh my but God, I, yeah. I find that when i start a series i'm like okay i'm gonna start this series and feel how see how i feel about it and it, most of the time it goes well, and I get in, into a lot of seasons. Like season six of All Stars, I loved. I was like, I'm really into this season. With this season, I'm kind of feeling trapped in it. <laughs> I'm like, right? I don't want to talk about this season anymore because it because it, it also is very personal to me. It's Canadian, and and I I, I want it. I wanted to do so well. I really do. Yeah. I really do. And for it to just kind of be sitting where it is, it just it kind of hurts me. So I'm ready for it to wrap. Yeah, I'm I'm excited for the next week because it's uh, the reunion episode. Um, so I think getting to see hopefully some drama come in finally to the season will be wonderful for us because I know um, obviously I know Beth very well, so I know Beth um, would have many bones to pick because that's who Beth is, and I'm excited. To, I, I hope they give her some good screen time because Beth is so funny, and she deserved so much better than what they gave her on this season. But she deservedly went home when she did because she just wasn't selling what she was doing. But Beth is funny, and I think they really missed out on not having Beth this season because she is one of the funniest people I know. I think all the funny people went out the first, like, four episodes. 
I, which I, I don't understand. I don't get it. Because the funny ones are the ones who are the narrators of the season, the ones that the audience falls in love with the fastest. And they also like build the franchise quicker because people are like, oh my God, they were so funny in this. And like people talk about the, the comedic values more than they talk about the runways, I think. Exactly. I mean, even Eve for, you know, for that moment in the first episode where she was crying, like that's a, that's a moment. That's a moment. Yeah. Wherever like, it is. When she had a trick up her sleeve and it was crying, I was obsessed with it. Like I would have loved Eve to, have been here for a couple more episodes because she was just dramatic she made everything about her and i loved it that's drag that's camp they can only put her in the bottom so much though wow yeah that's true (laughs) all right that's been this week's episode we are getting into the top four like you said and there is a reunion it is a twist they haven't done this before so it's kind of interesting they're doing like a legit reunion with like brad foreskin interviewing them (laughs) not brad foreskin (laughs) yeah brad foreskin and then I guess we'll see. I, I don't know. It seems like there's almost like one, the, 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 they're going to vote off one of the girls or something. That's what it seems like. I will see. I was hoping for a lip sync smackdown. I want I want them to bring everyone back in. And I want one person. To, I want to do what they did. In, I think it was All-Star 6 with Latrice and Monique, how they had built all that up to they all paired up and lip synced. I want that. I want that. You want one of them to come back? Yeah, I want I, w- I want that kind of drama because I want the, I want them to throw the the top four right off their game, being be like, oh, we're in the top four finally. That means the finale's next week. No, I want them to come back. Well, there's for sure only ten episodes. Oh, <laughs> that won't be happening. And I'm I know. Okay with that. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm kind of done with this season too. I'm I'm happy for it to be nearly over, and I'm excited for the girls to start touring and to to take the the platform and run with it. Yeah, and I hope, I hope, I truly do hope, because this isn't anything against any of the contestants. It really is more of the production side of things that I'm, that I'm, that irks me. But I really hope the contestants are given that opportunity to do their tours and have that moment before the next season comes out. Yeah. Because that's, Hopefully. I mean, I feel like people like the Drag Race UK season two girls certainly didn't get that. Um, Canada's Drag Race season one, they didn't really get that. So I, I hope they have that opportunity. I hope so too, because obviously it'll build for the next few seasons for the next crop of divas and dolls to get on the next season of Canada's Drag Race to then build off their careers and more and more. So the the more touring they do, the better it gets for everybody. So I hope that they really have a, a moment to breathe and run with what they were given before the next ones come in and they go into obscurity. Because we care. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody expected that from me, but I care. We do care. We, we love the dolls. We love the divas. And we, we support them even if we hate them. We support them even if we hate them. That is that, yeah. that, that is a great way to end this. There, thank you yeah. so much, Cherry Lynn Spears. Oh, my for, God. Thank uh, you for having me. Blessing me on this podcast. I want to check out your own podcast, Cut the Crease with Xanax. Yes. Um, uh, what are your socials so people can follow you? You can follow me at Jerry Lynn Spears on Instagram and uh, at Justice for Jerry for everything else. But on Pornhub, it's Jawbreaker Jerry. Ooh, okay. I'm checking out this porn. There must be some kind of carrot top related material on there. <laughs> it's just my carrot top fan site. Absolutely. Now, do we think carrot top would ever carrot bottom? You know what? I feel like it's truly a carrot verse. hundred percent. Character, carrot flip flop. Oh, a carrot kinky switch. <laughs> I am here for, I'm going to, I'm like I said, I'm going to Google that. I'm going to douche with my green tea. You've really, you know, you've changed my lifestyle for the day. I wasn't I planning so. this. I wasn't planning this. I, I'm so glad. I'm I'm so happy I was able to leave an impact on you. I'm I'm very grateful. <laughs> I and you honestly let me know how it goes. I would love to hear your experience douching with green tea because it really it really worked for me. I'm not kidding. I'm not that wasn't, I'm, that wasn't even a joke. I did that for years. <laughs> I, I, I do not I believe you're fully serious with this. I will I yeah. we, we, we would not joke about this. No, not at all. This this is the trick of the trade. <laughs> yes. 
and you haven't stolen anything from me yet, but I'm sure you're going to steal something from this podcast. Not yet. I'm no, sure, I mean, but... well, I'm already taller than you, so I've stolen your probably your title of one of the tallest queens in the country. My dignity. Yeah, I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you tall bitch. Thank you so much for joining me, Jerry Lynn. And uh, for squirrels, if you're listening, thank you for listening. If, if you're listening. <laughs> I love <that. laughs> I, I sometimes assume they're just not. It's just on. Uh, but you can leave us a review, subscribe, rate us, you know, all that stuff. I love it. Rate me. Yeah. And tune in for next week for another episode of Canada's Drag Race. And we are almost wrapping this up. And I'm very happy about that. And one more time, thank you, Jerry Lynn Spears. And I cannot wait to uh, meet you in person someday in the West Coast. Yes, we'll be there. We'll be there together. I would call just like Waterside, I'm sure. Let's Yeah, we'll go for some gay, some gay lunch and have some pussy. I would love that. Let's do it. Let's go flick the bean. Yeah. Okay. Bye, Jerry. Bye, Squirrels. This podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network. 